Welcome to Macros Made Easy, the podcast that takes the confusion out of tracking macros. I'm your host, Emily Field, a registered dietitian that specializes in a macros approach. In each episode, I help you learn how to eat in a way that supports your health, body composition, and athletic performance goals. We'll cover the basics of macronutrients, how to track for various goals, the role of macros in your health, and how to make sustainable changes to your habits. I've helped hundreds of people experience more food freedom and flexibility while navigating their nutrition. So whether you've tried macros and it just didn't stick, or you just heard the word macros yesterday, I can't wait to help you too. Welcome to episode five of the Macros Made Easy podcast. In this episode, we explore the importance of using multiple metrics to track progress and success with macro tracking. We're going to discuss why relying solely on the scale can be misleading, and I'm going to offer you six different buckets of metrics for which we might be able to measure progress better. And that includes habit and behavior changes, sign and symptom improvement, metabolism improvement, increased strength, endurance, and flexibility, body composition change, and lastly, weight. By tracking a variety of metrics, we're going to get a much more accurate and comprehensive picture of our progress and success. So listen to learn how to use metrics more effectively and stop giving the scale so much power over your thoughts and behaviors. Success with tracking macros starts with actually trusting that your macro targets are right for you. As the original macro experts, registered dietitians have years of professional experience to pull from when they provide protein, fat, and carbohydrate goals. No more second-guessing those macro numbers or being confused by online calculators. With me and my team, it's all about personalization, precision, and proven results. Here's how a custom macro calculation works. After purchasing the service, you'll fill out a detailed health assessment sharing juicy details about your personal health situation that could influence your nutritional needs. You'll have the opportunity to tell us about your health history, typical workout routine, food preferences, what's been working or not working to accomplish your goals. After submission, we will pour over what you've shared and draft your protein, fat, and carbohydrate targets, calorie goals, and bigger picture health recommendations that we think might make a difference for you. We'll also tell you exactly how we arrived at your macro target so you understand the why behind the numbers. Then, in about 7 to 10 business days, you'll get a lengthy email with all of this included that you can digest and refer to as much as you need. Look, your macro targets are supposed to be as unique as you, so why settle for an impersonal nutrition calculator? Purchase a custom macro calculation from me, Emily Field, and my dietitian team today and get personalized to you macro targets that you can trust ones you can start seeing results with right away. Go to emilyfieldrd.com slash CMC or click the link in the show notes of this episode. For many of you, the scale is a source of anxiety and frustration. You step on it every day, sometimes multiple times a day, hoping to see a smaller number. We've been conditioned to believe that the scale is the ultimate measure of success when it comes to our nutrition and fitness goals. But the reality is that that number can be misleading and fluctuate daily for reasons completely unrelated to body fat. Factors like water retention, inflammation, even the time of day that you weigh can impact the number that we see. So why are we so obsessed with the number on the scale? Why do we give it so much power over our thoughts and behaviors? Well, one reason is that we live in a culture that equates thinness to beauty and success. We're bombarded with those kinds of messages that tell us that we need to be a certain size or weight to be happy, healthy, and attractive. It's hard not to internalize those messages even when we know they're not true. 
Another reason is that the scale provides a sort of concrete objective measure of progress. So it's easy to quantify and track, unlike more subjective measures like how we feel or how our clothes fit. And let's be honest, it's satisfying to see that number going down, even if we know it's not the whole story. But as we're going to discuss in this episode, the scale is not the only measure of success, especially if your goals are to get leaner, stronger, and fitter. There is no weight number attached to that. In fact, relying solely on the scale can be detrimental to your overall health and well-being, and so we are going to explore all of that. All right, let's start by discussing the reasons why the number on the scale can fluctuate. First, our body weight can vary throughout the day due to changes in our hydration status, our food intake, and our waste elimination. Additionally, factors like your menstrual cycle, your stress level, your sleep hygiene, and even medication use can influence your weight. Often in coaching, I will have a person check in with me and say things like, Emily, I feel amazing. I have so much energy. I'm getting stronger in the gym. I feel more confident. My clothes are starting to fit differently, but my scale weight isn't changing. And then they'll go on some sort of spill on why that makes them feel the way that they do. They want to discount the things that they are seeing because the scale weight isn't changing. Another thing that I hear a lot is, you know, my waist is smaller. I feel leaner. My clothes are looser, but I'm not losing any weight. Shouldn't it be trending together? Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But the worst offender that I hear, and this is usually from people I'm not working with because in coaching, we are tracking multiple measures of progress and success. So I have a lot of data to pull for someone to kind of shed some light on what's actually happening. But if you're not working with me, it's possible that you found macros and you're trying really hard. You know, they say something like, I've been tracking macros and working really hard, but I'm not seeing, quote, any progress. And when I go digging, or if I probe a little bit more on this like DM or this email that I might get, there's plenty of progress to see, but the only metric they mean or the only metric that they're measuring or using is scale weight. Now, I'm only human and these comments can really bum me out, but only for a second because it's literally my job to start to illuminate what's really underneath those sentiments. I go into full-on coach mode and start to ask things like, what does this ideal weight number mean to you? What story are you telling yourself about what that weight means? Or if you are over or under that number, what are you telling yourself? At what age do you remember being told that that was an appropriate weight for you or that goal weight is the one that you should have far into the future? Who made you feel like this weight should be your ideal? If you're living your absolute best life and had the highest confidence, you felt so good in your skin, do you really think it would matter what your weight is? And if so, why? So these are the kinds of questions that I'm using in coaching and I'm trying to tease out and we can absolutely get over this feeling that we have to get to a certain ideal scale weight or progress isn't being seen unless I am that scale weight. But if you're not working with me and you're going at this alone, I would say if you're getting caught up by the scale weight fluctuations and you are seemingly putting a lot of heavy importance on the scale and it's starting to bum you out, these are the questions I would ask myself and you know, do some journaling and some digging around that. When we focus solely on the number on the scale, it's easy to become discouraged when we see fluctuations or a lack of progress. And what I mean by that is we don't see it going down because that's usually what we're looking for. This can lead to negative self-talk and an unhealthy relationship with food and our bodies. But here's the thing. The scale is not always an accurate measure of progress or success in nutrition. 
Our bodies are complex and dynamic, and there are many other metrics that can give us a better picture of our health and well-being. So for example, by focusing on things like habit and behavior changes, sign and symptom improvement, metabolism improvement, increased strength and endurance, body composition changes, and weight, (laughs) if you can use it effectively, we can get a more comprehensive understanding of how our nutrition plan or how our macros are affecting us. So let's talk about how we can move beyond the scale and start using a variety of metrics to assess our progress and success in nutrition. The first bucket is habit and behavior changes. This includes things like tracking our food to make sure we're getting what we need, preparing our meals in advance, and making healthier choices when we dine out. It might also include things like eating more protein at meals, making time to cook for yourself, taking breaks in your day to eat. You might naturally decide that alcohol doesn't fit in your life, for example. It doesn't fit as easily when you're trying to hit your macro target, so as a result, you're drinking less. Now, I'm not saying that you can't accomplish any of these things without tracking macros, but it's likely that you're forced to work some of this out when you're focused on a macros approach and eating to your targets. This is a good thing and should not be discounted just because the scale might not be moving in the direction that you want it to. The second bucket is sign and symptom improvement. And this can look like better digestion, more stable energy levels, and improved mood. By paying attention to how we feel, we can get a sense of whether our nutrition plan is supporting our overall health. And it's possible that by tracking macros and eating to your needs, you experience better blood sugar stability because you have better, more macro-balanced meals with plenty of protein. You might be eating more often and have stopped skipping meals because, you know, it's tough to, quote, catch up on macros by the end of the day, which in turn leads to better energy, reduced cravings more power and strength in your workouts, as well as full recovery from your workouts. All great metrics for which to measure progress and success. The third bucket is metabolism improvement. This could include things like improved insulin sensitivity, better blood sugar control, and increased energy expenditure. By tracking these metrics, we can see how our nutrition plan is affecting our metabolism. And if you're somebody who has a lot of experience yo-yo dieting or chronically under eating, this is super important. In my coaching practice, we might be able to show how you were averaging 1,200, 1,400, maybe 1,500 calories before working together, which is far too low for many active women, and contrast that with the fact that they're eating 300, 500, sometimes 800 calories more per day without seeing significant changes to their weight. And this can be a sign of metabolic improvement as the body has adjusted to eating more food and the metabolic rate has increased as a result. The fourth bucket is increased strength, endurance, and flexibility. This is kind of like underneath that umbrella of fitness improvement. This could include things like being able to lift heavier weights, run faster or longer, perform yoga poses that were once difficult. By tracking our progress in these areas, we can see how our nutrition plan is supporting our physical performance. If you're eating to your macro targets for several weeks or months, I would absolutely expect and count it as a success if you're progressing in your exercise programming, whether that's a template, that you're following an app delivered by a trainer, or you're actually working with a trainer, you're actually seeing progress in your fitness. Being able to do more than you were once able to is a fantastic measure of progress, and I absolutely encourage you to take note. The fifth bucket is body composition change, and this includes metrics like body fat percentage, 
muscle mass and body circumference measures across multiple areas in your body. So what I mean by that is like taking a soft tape measure and measuring the circumference of multiple areas on your body. By tracking these metrics, we can see how our macros or our nutrition plan is affecting our body composition and whether we're making progress towards our goals to lose fat or gain muscle, for example. Many clients experience changes in measurements when they track macros and they start eating to their needs, but most of them do not have experience tracking measurements or taking progress pictures or really looking at those in a clear way. This gets them stuck because if they think that the scale is supposed to reflect body composition changes, they're going to be sorely disappointed. It's one of the biggest roadblocks I see on a regular basis. Fat loss and lean muscle gain. So body composition change, the composition of your weight is changed, is much more slow and steady than what you would see in the scale. So it also can be much more predictable than the scale. So if you have goals to change your body composition, how much fat mass you have, how much lean muscle mass you have on your frame, you must be taking body measurements or doing some sort of DEXA scan, some internal bioelectrical impedance to see your your body composition. Another great way, if you don't have access to that, is just simply by taking progress pictures. You can see a lot of change in your body composition just by taking pictures. And finally, the sixth bucket is weight. Yes, we can absolutely use scale weight as a measure of progress and success with macro tracking or our nutrition plan, but we have to remember that it's just one of the many tools in our metric tracking toolbox. By using a variety of metrics and using them in combination with each other, we can get a much more accurate and comprehensive picture of what's going on, of our progress and success. In order to actually use the scale as a tool, we need to use it properly. And I find that many people don't know how to use it properly. I recommend taking your scale weight daily or nearly daily and finding the average over the week. You're then going to compare averages week to week to find trends. Your weight will fluctuate three to five pounds every day. And the bigger that you are or the more muscle mass that you have, it might fluctuate even more than that. But we don't care about fluctuations. We care about the averages at the end of the week. We care about the trends week to week. And that can give us a much better understanding of what we're doing with our nutrition, like where we are going with our plan. So I hope you can see that you can use multiple metrics to measure progress and success with a macros approach and the nutrition changes that you're making. You do not have to use the scale and you should not use the scale if you feel triggered or it really messes with your internal narrative to the point where you give up on the great habits that you're trying to develop. I want you to know that getting leaner, stronger, or fitter does not say anything about your weight and feeling your best, most confident self doesn't have a weight attached to it either. You need to be the judge about whether or not the scale is a metric you care about and if it actually measures what you care about. And those two things are different. Do you care about your scale weight? Does it have something to do with your overall goals? Is there a reason why you want to be in a specific range, for example? Does that actually matter? If your goals are to be leaner, stronger, more fit, if it's to be more confident in your skin, if it's to have a healthy relationship with food, the scale can actually measure that. So why are you using it? That's what I would say to somebody who, you know, is coming into coaching or is complaining about the lack of movement on the scale. I would really propose those questions first. Now, before we get diving in a little bit deeper, I want to make it clear that there are many reasons to track macros. I've talked about this in another podcast episode. So just because you might have goals to lose weight or lose body fat doesn't mean the next listener does. 
remember that macro tracking is a goal neutral approach, meaning you can use it for whatever you want. So in this episode, it might feel like I'm referring to weight loss and fat loss more readily, but I want to make sure I leave you with some differences in what you might measure if you're looking to gain muscle, for example, or lose fat. So that's what we're going to talk about now. If you've ever wondered how many calories and macros it takes to reach your health, body composition, and athletic performance goals, you're probably going to want to download my DIY macros guide. Not only will we walk you through setting your protein, fat, and carbohydrate gram targets, but they will feel easy to hit because it's completely personalized. You'll answer nuanced questions about the type of activity that you do, your food preferences, the type of job that you have, and more. In addition to your personalized macro prescription, you'll learn how to set your calories in a deficit if you want to, and how much of that deficit you should be in. You'll learn things to consider when setting your carbohydrate and fat targets. So again, they feel easy to hit and natural. You'll get a list of protein, fat, and carbohydrate-rich foods along with a portion size guide to help you eyeball what certain macro amounts look like. You'll also receive an easy-to-understand rundown on metabolism, what it means, why you should care, how your macro targets relate to your metabolism, and some tips to improve it. We'll lastly throw in two sample meal plans so you can see how those macros look in a daily menu. To download the free guide, go to my website at emilyfieldrd.com slash macros guide. If you are interested in gaining muscle and strength, you're probably going to measure different things than if you are looking to lose fat from your frame. Okay. So I'm going to talk about six different things to how to know your macros are working for you. If your goals are to gain muscle and strength, number one would be that body composition that we just talked about previously. You know that you are probably changing your body composition. If you are losing inches, that could be a sign that you are losing body fat and a gain of inches can sometimes be a sign that you're gaining lean muscle. We typically see loss in like the trunk area or the midsection and maintenance in the glutes, the butt, the hip area, especially if you're strength training. So if you're trying to gain muscle and strength, I hope you are strength training. I hope you're eating enough to support that. And some of the changes that you might see are just what I mentioned. Loss of inches usually in the midsection and gain or maintenance in the hip area, the butt, you know, shoulders, chest, things like that can be more common. Number two, you're filling out your clothes differently. You've got thicker thighs, a perkier butt, and bolder shoulders because you're moving more weight because you're really trying to put in the work with your strength training. This is going to mean that your clothes fit you a little bit differently than when you are a flatter human. And that's just the way it goes. Your body is responding in the way that you've asked it to because you're trying to support muscle and strength gain. The next one I want to talk about is appearance changes. When you have muscle on your frame, you appear more toned while standing still and not flexing. So if you appear stronger, more muscular, more swole, as they say, in the mirror, or when you compare your progress pictures from today to before you were lifting or before you were really focusing on this, I would say that is a great metric of progress and success. The next I will talk about is progress in the gym. One of the best ways to know your macros are working for you and that you're making progress in this area of muscle and strength gain is if you're able to actually progress in your strength training programming. So you're able to do more week to week, month to month, you are actually 
able to do the prescribed weight or move up as asked of you in the template or in the training program that your trainer has you on. So your overall load, the volume, the capacity for work is progressing upward. That's how you know your macros are working for you in the muscle and strength gain edition. If you are eating enough calories and enough protein to build muscle, that oftentimes looks like you're not often hungry. You feel full and satisfied after meals because your calorie and protein needs are met. This is an integral part to your success to gaining muscle and strength. So if these are your goals, I would not want to hear that you're hungry, you're waking up hungry, you're looking forward to your next meal, you're munchy, you're craving. It probably means you're not eating enough to support your muscle and strength gains. So again, I would say you're rarely hungry, you feel full and satisfied after meals, you are hitting your macro targets on a regular basis. This would be an indication that you are well on your way to gaining muscle and strength like you want. Now let's talk about fat loss. How do you know your nutrition plan is working for you if your goals are fat loss? And if we're not really using the scale, what should we do instead? How would we measure this? I would say number one, you're taking progress pictures and you're comparing those over time. So you appear leaner, you appear more defined in the mirror or when you compare to progress pictures from previous weeks. I would say your clothes are fitting differently. Maybe they're a little bit looser in particular areas. If you are strength training, which I hope you are, you know, it's a little looser in the midsection, but it might feel a little bit tighter across the chest, the shoulders, maybe the butt or the legs. This is normal and this is okay. I think a lot of people can get really scared that they're gaining fat when they're trying to, you know, lose weight or lose fat by setting their macros in a deficit and really working towards that. But chances are you're just redistributing that weight. You are changing your body composition, which is a good thing. So it brings me to my next point, body measurement changes. What would we expect to see when your goals are fat loss? How would we know that our macros are working for us? Usually we would see a loss of inches around the midsection, right? Around that trunk area where we typically store fat. But this is genetic. So if you typically store most of the fat on your body and your butt, you know, your legs, maybe your chest area, maybe that would be the thing that would decrease, okay? So remember that if you're strength training, you may not see the scale go down. This is what gets people really hung up. If you're strength training, and especially if you're new to strength training, you may not see the scale go down, but you should see changes in the way that your body looks and you should see changes in measurement. So be sure to be tracking those things. Second to last thing I'll mention is that you could see scale changes. So you know, we did talk about using the scale as a metric of progress and success. It's not appropriate for everyone, especially if you are particularly triggered by the scale. But if you are using it effectively, like I mentioned, taking daily weights and comparing your averages over time, you should see your average trends down. It should be trending down. You're losing scale weight based on those weekly averages. It should be trending down if you are truly in a calorie deficit. Now, I don't know how much it will go down. I cannot say that for you. It all depends on your starting weight, how long you've spent eating enough before this time that you're trying to lose fat. There's a lot of factors that go into that. But that is one way that you would know that your macros are working for you if you are trying to lose fat. The last thing I'll mention is about your hunger. When it's time for your meals, you are excited to eat. Maybe you're waking up with a little bit of hunger. Should not be outrageous, especially if your deficit is set in a way that is sustainable and not super drastic. But some hunger is to be expected when you're in a calorie deficit. I don't want to see extreme hunger. I don't want to see you white knuckling your way to results. Really hold on tight. Try to suppress hunger as much as possible. That is not the way. 
a sustainable, moderate calorie deficit should be achievable. It should be something that you can manage your hunger with food volume and spreading your meals with macro balance across the day, okay? So when it's time to eat, you're excited to eat, as opposed to our previous example, when you're trying to gain muscle and strength, usually you're not super hungry. You're excited to eat, but you're not like thrilled because you have a lot of hunger or cravings going on. So I hope you can see some of those differences there. I used the buckets in our previous segment to show you how you might use them in different ways if your goals are to gain muscle and strength versus lose fat. So we've talked about the different metrics we can use to get more meaningful results with our nutrition plan. In this final segment, I'm going to wrap up our discussion by offering some tips for using metrics effectively. First and foremost, it's important to set realistic goals. When we set unrealistic goals, it's easy to become discouraged and give up on our nutrition plan altogether. Instead, I want you to focus on setting small, achievable goals that you can work towards over time. And in my practice, we're highly focused on process-based goals versus outcome-based goals, which I should probably do a whole podcast on, but I'll leave you with this. Process goals are focused on the habits, the actions, the things that you do most often, because these are the things you actually have control over. It turns out you don't have much control over how much weight you lose or what size clothes you'll wear or when you will get to your goal. You do have control over hitting your macro targets, whether or not you get outside for walks, whether or not you go to bed on time. So I would say that setting process versus outcome goals goes right alongside with this idea of setting realistic goals. They are essentially the same thing. Next, I want you to track your progress over time, which should go without saying, but you'd be really surprised, probably not, I don't know, maybe not surprised to know that most people do a horrible job of tracking where they've come from in comparison to where they are right now. They might have like the highlights and the lowlights, but they don't really have a good understanding of what their habits were or what they were able to do or not able to do or how far they've come by looking at it in more detail over time. One way to do this is by journaling through your journey. And you can do this with a simple daily or weekly reflection. Certainly working with a coach can help you do this. If you keep just a workout journal, that can be super helpful for showing yourself when you need it most where you've been and where you are right now, because it's really easy to get caught up and frustrated on the low days, especially if you're not constantly looking back and seeing how far you've come. I'm guilty of this too. It's very easy to compare where you are right now to where you've been before in a negative way. It's very easy to play out the future and see how long you have to go or how far away you are from your goal. None of that is helpful when you're in the middle of your journey, okay? So track your progress over time, even if it's the small habits and behaviors, your mindset differences, what you're able to lift, what you're able to do, how you feel, all of this is important. You could do this in a variety of ways. I recommend journaling in some way or having a simple check-in process with yourself or a coach throughout your journey. It's also important to remember that progress is not always linear. In fact, it's rarely linear. There's going to be ups and downs along the way. And not only is that okay, but it's completely normal. Celebrating your successes, no matter how small and being kind to yourself when things don't go according to plan is, in my opinion, the only way to go about it. I usually say to my clients, no one ever got to their big scary goals by hating themselves there. You will, however, get there when you lead with love and respect for yourself. If hating yourself got you there, you would be there already. 
This is the story of many of my clients who come to me in a place of desperation, having truly abused their bodies, their metabolism, and their hormones in order to achieve specific goals. That didn't work, and it's never going to work. So why don't we try something different by leading with love and respect for yourself, knowing that there will be ups and downs, and it does require grace along the way. Lastly, focusing on how you feel and how you perform rather than just the number on the scale is always going to be more rewarding and might actually keep you more motivated to keep going on your journey. By focusing on things like improved energy levels, better digestion, increased physical performance, you can see the positive impact that your nutrition plan is having on your overall health and well-being, and that can keep you going. That will keep you motivated and keep your head in the game for a lot longer than if you were simply focusing on the scale. Many of the women I talk to try to limit themselves to a very narrow body weight range that feels comfortable to them. It might represent the weight that they were prior to kids. It might represent the weight that they thought they were the most confident, the most attractive. It might be the weight that you were in college. It's usually inappropriate for the goals that you have, the ones where you say you want to be stronger, you want to be fitter, you want to do all these active things. That's probably not the weight that you're going to be when you're able to do all those things. Had I done the same thing that my clients do, I would severely limit my abilities. I know that to be true. When I first started CrossFit, I was around 140, 145, and I was not strong. I was a baby deer. Today, I sit around 155 to 160 on any day. I have put on significant muscle mass, which in turn means that I have a higher metabolism. I have a better hormone situation than I did when I had less muscle mass. You know, obviously I get a lot more joy out of my life because I can do a lot of things because I am stronger and I am more fit. Had I mistakenly thought that the gain in the scale, the higher number on the scale meant I was a failure, I would have significantly undereaten my needs to remain at that lighter weight just because I thought that's where I needed to be. I would not even be able to sniff the current body shape and size that I live in today let alone the athletic feats that I'm so proud of that my body can do. And that's the story of many of my clients. They they think that that lower weight is what is going to lead them to that leaner, stronger, more fit body, but it isn't always that way. And by limiting yourself, by staying in the state where you're under eating, just so you can see that weight, just so you can get the satisfaction of seeing the scale go down is severely limiting you. I hope you can hear the passion in my voice. This is something that I deeply care about and I want to change for hundreds of thousands of women out there. I would love to see them ditch the scale and actually use metrics that they care about in order to assess whether or not they're progressing or seeing success with their nutrition efforts. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. We explored using multiple metrics to assess progress and success with macro tracking. This is important because it provides a more accurate and meaningful picture of our overall health and well-being. While the number on the scale can be misleading and fluctuate for many reasons unrelated to body fat, it can also be one metric that we can use as a part of a bigger picture. Other things such as habit and behavior changes, sign and symptom improvement, metabolism improvement, increased strength, endurance, and flexibility, body composition change, these are all better, more accurate ways to create that full picture of what's going on. By focusing on those metrics, we can stop giving the scale so much power over our thoughts and behaviors and start using it as one of many tools in our metric tracking toolbox. 
Ultimately, using multiple metrics can help us make more informed decisions about our nutrition plan and our macros. It can lead to better health outcomes and overall improved well-being. Thank you so much for listening to the Macros Made Easy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of the one you're listening to right now to share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at emilyfieldrd so that more people can find this podcast and learn how to use a macros approach in a stress-free way. If you love the podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. Remember, you can always find more free health and nutrition content on Instagram and on my website at emilyfieldrd.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.